What's up, Instant Harvest friends and new friends? We are here to build a community that helps you live out the ancient faith, our faith, and a modern world. I think what's awesome about our crew is that we're trying to do that every single day, and we hope to help you do the same. My name is Lakeith. I'm your host. There will be no history made today, guys. I'm sorry. Abby, Andrew, how you guys doing? Doing great. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. Abigail, I know you guys have been through some crazy yeah, weather. Yeah, you're in Texas. Come on, Abby. Um, Give us so up. what's the latest? I know. It is um, 70 degrees and sunny outside. And you would not guess that we had a snowstorm last week, but we did. Wow. It was two snowstorms back to back. Very exciting. Um, we got to host um, a friends, family from across town, because we actually never lost power, never lost our water, but we may have literally been the only people in all of San Antonio that did not lose at least one of those things. So we wow. count ourselves very, very lucky. Um, but I'm just going to go ahead and say, I am not cut out for Northern living. People <laughs> up North, bless you, <laughs> but like <clears throat> Abigail could not hang. Like I, at all. And by the way, I needed like a full on mud room to hold all the like accoutrements for outdoor <laughs> activity. <laughs> oh man. Like gloves and hats and then little jackets and then bigger jackets to go over mm. the top and boots. And no, 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 just not having it. Anyway, <laughs> we survived and we're back to like our regularly scheduled programming of Texas. Is the snow, is the snow all gone today. mostly? Like, is it? Oh yeah. Totally what? Um, oh my goodness. Our snowman lasted a pretty long time because he was in the shade. And then he lasted even longer because the little shirt we had on him um, was just still on his little body. <laughs> like talking about him like he's real. Anyway, um, there was just a tiny amount of snow left yesterday and we took his shirt off and now he's he's gone. Aww. So it's like it never happened. <laughs> Poor Jackie. Poor Jackie. Andrew, you got anything? Man, I know we're out here in San Diego, 70 degrees, like all the yeah. time. Yeah, I'm surprised that it's yeah. 70 there because it's about, it's a, maybe a little bit warmer than that here. But I, I would say just that I was very grateful and humbled last week because most of the country had really cold weather or oh, yeah. snow. <clears throat> and, you know, Abby, like you were saying, quite a few folks in Texas were without power, without running water. So Scary. definitely glad to hear that you guys are uh, back and running. The power's back on, I guess, for most folks. Yes. Um, actually, my family in East Texas still does not have power. So mm. I know that there's still people struggling. I think smaller towns, it's a little bit harder to bounce back. And um, the food has also run out across the state because they had to throw away all the like frozen oh, goods. And yeah. stuff. Wow. So there's once it's another run on food, like it's like 2020 all over again. Um, just actually worse. So wow. I'm excited about 2022. Um, <laughs> that's going to be my year. Uh, you already cashed it in, <laughs> huh, Abby? All right. Well, I'm thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a great show for you guys today. We're talking about being and becoming a pioneer. And uh, we have two great pioneers on the show today. I am not one of them, but I'm going to be asking them questions. I am very excited, but we'll start with a listener's question from Christian Franco. And the question is, how do you stay motivated and disciplined when you're cultivating and breaking new ground with the pandemic, new areas, slower pace, ETC? So Abby, I think you can definitely speak on this because uh, you've had some adversity and changes. So uh, what do you think about that question? Man, um, 
I think first off, if you have a partner in crime, it's going to help you immensely. Um, so if you don't have one yet and you're finding yourself um, in the depths of despair and dealing with just this kind of discouragement, then really look for somebody out there. Maybe not even that is right in your community, but just out there. We have the Internet at our disposal True. and just, you know, be really honest about how you're feeling. And I bet there's somebody else that's feeling similarly. And maybe they you can just encourage one another. Like this is one of those Jonathan David situations where I think um, it's really important <laughs> to have um, just people to help us and to hold us up uh, when we're struggling. And then the other thing I would say is however you got there, um, whatever you know, you're facing, you probably were encouraged at one time. So hmm. go back and find that last time that you really like you heard from God and you just felt super high on top of that mountain and really like revisit that moment. You may not feel it, but you can at least intellectually know that the Lord is still with you, that his promises are so good and that you can kind of like rotate around that for a little bit. And that can really help a lot. Um, I know it's helped us in the past when we've just felt like pretty bogged down. So I'd love to hear what you guys think. This is one of those moments where you're like Googling something and then you get on Facebook and it pops up like right in front of you. You're like, how? That's how I feel about my Google notes today. Abby stole like three things that I was going to say later, <laughs> but it's okay, you know, because uh, we could we could bounce back. But I, I agree with you, Abby. <laughs> it was. I agree with you totally. I was thinking of Lydia um, and how Paul and they, they went to a known area where they were finding somebody, a person of peace. And uh that's where they started, you know, because uh, it was a new area. They didn't really have a great synagogue to go to, but they knew where they can find people. And uh, Lydia turned out to be awesome. I don't know if Abby was uh, planning to imitate her with her headband today, but I think think of people of peace like Lydia. Just uh, go to known places like social media, ask around. Maybe there's some friends that know some believers or people who might be, you know, asking questions about their faith. And you can be that person that intercedes. So how about you, Andrew? I was... um. I was thinking about part of what uh, Christian had asked in, in his question had to do with not seeing as much outward fruit, fruitfulness. And that's that's to be expected. Usually when you're starting something new or you're in a new area, um, you know, the Bible uses a lot of of references to to planting and cultivating and then reaping. So, of course, if you're in a season of cultivating and planting, you're not going to see the fruit yet. So some of that, I think, is just embracing the uh, the chapter that the Lord has you in. Um, so if you're in a season of breaking new ground, then try not to put the, uh, I guess, try not to overlay the expectations that you may have had in the past hmm. for uh, a time of fruitfulness, because that's, that's just the way it works, that uh, you, you start off by uh, cultivating and planting um, and then there's a season of fruitfulness that comes. In the meantime, there are some some great opportunities that happen mm -hmm. in the early stages of of um, breaking new ground and starting something new. Yeah. And some of those are extended times with the Lord and really diving deep into His promises, into the stories that we find in Scripture. We're going to talk a little bit about, about pioneers today and cool. some of the figures from Scripture that inspire us and motivate us. So really deepening those roots, deepening those convictions, and not feeling like that is a waste of time, that this is actually time that the Lord is giving you 
so that you can do that. I think we talked about this recently with the Apostle Paul and how he spent time in prison and how you could look at that from one perspective and say that it was a great tragedy because he wasn't free to move around and visit the churches and see people and start new groups. Um, But then you can see that Paul used that time to write much of what we now have as the New Testament. So there's a there's a work that the Lord wants you to do in each season that looks a little bit differently. True. What does it mean to look faithful in in a time of breaking new ground? It's going to look different than hmm. what it looks like um, during a, a time of fruitfulness. Yeah, I like that, Andrew. That's really good, especially when you think about the entirety of the Bible, like uh, when you think about the New Testament and Paul. So I think that's really cool. Uh, let's go straight into our main segment talking about being a pioneer and becoming a pioneer. So this is random, guys, but what do you think of first when you think of Bruce Lee? What do you think of first when you think of Bruce Lee? Super <laughs> random. <laughs> I think of like finger t- <clears throat> uh, fingertip push-ups. Fingertip push-ups. Abby, what you got? I, like Kung Fu movies? Kung Fu movies, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I watched a, uh, a documentary, 30 for 30 on Bruce Lee. It's called oh, Be Water. Right. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. It was so cool. But you wouldn't have known that uh, who he is today was not who he was way back when. He really had the struggle to become who he was in Hollywood. And like he had to break all sorts of new ground for Chinese Americans. And it was just fascinating to see him pioneer in a time where uh, that just wasn't happening. But we want to stick to the Bible, of course, with our pioneers, at least for this episode. So who is your favorite biblical uh, pioneer? Well, for me, um, <laughs> we talked about this just a minute before we started recording. Yeah. And um, I knew this was our topic, but I think Abby and I both didn't, didn't. Uh, we wanted to sort of be, I guess, spontaneous or in the moment. So the, the, the person that came to my mind was Jesus. And that's obviously the... Uh, some people would say that that's cheating the, uh, the cheating, cheating yeah. um, option, but I think it's cool to think of Jesus as a pioneer. If you hmm. if you think of what he did, is he he left um, his his um, his place of origin and came down to earth. Uh, he became one of us. He learned how to live as a human. He learned how to navigate. Um, in fact, that alone is just is pretty fascinating. You yeah. see Jesus in the scriptures. You see little glimpses that he he learned. He was asking questions of the scribes and and talking to them in the temple. Hmm. Hebrews tells us that he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. So Jesus uh, came down to earth as as a man. He became one of us, um, and he started something new. He started um, the church here on earth. Um, and really inaugurated the kingdom of God. So I think um, I read a book years back called The Master Trainer, and it was a guy by, I'm going to mess up this guy's last name. He was an Indian man, and I think his last name was uh, Chandapia. Um, But um, it's either Chandapia or Chandapilla. Uh, But the book is called uh, (laughs) The Master Trainer. And, um, but he, he looks at the principles of Jesus's, life and ministry and the the two foundational principles that he highlighted from jesus was first identification that jesus Hmm. became one of us so when jesus set out to reach humanity he became human um and i I think that that's um there's some great lessons for us as pioneers is know who you're trying to reach and then become one of them 
as much as possible, identify with them. And then secondly, uh, was incarnation. That's the second principle that he saw in the, the ministry of Jesus as a pioneer. And that is that Jesus took the initiative. You know, he came to us. He didn't wait for us to come to him. Hmm. And so um, those are a couple of um, principles from the life of Jesus as a pioneer that I'm really inspired by. That's real good, Andrew. Abby, how about you? I'm like super tempted to steal Keith's because he already told us who it was. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to because that would be so I appreciate funny. it. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, actually, I, I was really thinking about um, Paul, um, but then I guess I should also throw Peter in there too because um, Peter is the first one to kind of receive that um, hmm. that sort of insight into the Gentiles and going to the Gentiles. But really, Paul was the one who solidified that. And I think that's an incredibly important role that he played um, in God's um, desire to reach the whole world. Um, and so I think when we look at Paul's letters and we see just the influence that he had and he still has on us hmm. today, yeah. we are constantly going to Paul's letters to answer the questions of how to do church <laughs> and how to handle other people and how to do what we do on a yeah. daily basis. Um, and so I'm so, so grateful for Paul. Um, I also have a lot of struggle with Paul too. I'm just going to like, let you in on the secret. Mm. Like, I don't know if I would like Paul in real life. Like, is that wrong? <laughs> in I don't know. Anyway, I just think he's like super harsh. Like, I just feel like sometimes when I'm reading him, I'm just like, I'm just imagining him in the room and mm. it can be really rough. But as a pioneer, I think that's incredibly important yeah. um, to be willing to not go along with the party line necessarily and to have to say really hard truths that maybe the current day is not into and they're not like ready to hear it necessarily either. Um, that's an incredibly important role that the pioneer has to have of just really seeking the Lord and seeking his truth and then just being really true to that, no matter what your current audience might feel about it. Um, Paul did this to the cert to such a degree that he did spend so much of his time in prison. So he did a really great job <laughs> of, um, of just continuing, no matter what um, the uh, the the day was uh, was saying. And I, I think that's important to, for us today in the volatile times that we live in, that we as um, as believers and hopefully as pioneers to a certain extent, we can get a lot from the way Paul lived his life. He was so, so grateful for Jesus's salvation in his life that he was truly willing to lay his life down for that and lay his life down for a mission that was entirely new this whole going to the gentiles was brand new information yeah. so i really appreciate um paul as a whole so i think he's gonna be my pick <laughs> i like that i um i think one of the most important factors or responsibilities of a pioneer is what you leave behind uh so i chose abraham uh because a lot of what he was going to be pioneering and a lot of what was promised to him wasn't even promised to him but to what he left behind and his seed. And uh, I think it's cool. Just to, there's a lot of uncertainty when you start out to be a pioneer. And uh, he didn't know where he was going. Uh, it was going to cost him a lot as far as his family. I'm sure he got a lot of questions about, bro, where are you going? Like, why are you leaving? But he trusted God. And like God, uh, God had made it clear that he was supposed to move out. And uh, when it was time, he did that. And um, 
he was very patient. Like, uh, even for that seed that he did get that promise, I think it took like 24, 25 years, you know? So uh, if you're going to pioneer and go West and start something new, you're going to have to learn to endure because uh, that is a part of the process. But what he left behind would go on to, to bless us forever. You know, I think, uh, even when Jesus came, uh, he was able to go back and talk about Abraham. Of course, uh, yeah, so I, I had to go with Abraham. I thought he just had a unique story about pioneering. So uh, the next question uh, is a little bit more personal, and this is the one I'm the most excited about because, like I said, I have two great pioneers here. In my opinion, they're great. So if you don't think so, uh, sorry. That's just that's my opinion. But, um, Andrew, we'll actually start with you. I uh, call this next question, questions for pioneers. Uh, like, when did you know? Where did it start? And what impact has it had? So, uh, Andrew, you were with... Um, an organization for 20 years and you kind of just jumped out of a plane uh with no parachute uh you had security you uh this this the navigators had been used by god like you had been called to them and you had to take your family and your disciples and your uh, all your funding like over to a new umbrella you know so thank god i got to be there for that journey but what was that like like and what you know what impact has into the harvest made and uh i guess in your your view yeah, you've definitely been there for this journey. And so I know I know enough about Lakeith that he's extremely humble guy. Uh, Keith is absolutely a, a pioneer as well. Um, and and many of us and many of us, many of you listening are are as well. Um, I think for, for for me, when I think about being a pioneer, there has to be a little bit of um, wanderlust uh, in you that there's just a desire to 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 see whatever you're passionate about um, go into a, a new stage or a new place or grow to a new level. Um, there's a um, there's a quote I heard um, years back that you can't get where you've never been if you only do what you've always done. And so um, some people are very cut out to do what they've always done. And I, I don't mean that as an insult. I think that, mm. that there are established... Um, places within the church that that need to be built up that need to be improved that need to be grown hmm. um, and then there are places beyond and you can't get to those places beyond if if you only continue to do what you're already doing so you have to be willing to sort of step outside of what already is to um to to go on the adventure of of trusting god for something new hmm. and that uh, that's that's just something I think I've always had. I've always wanted to try to see what the next step is. And um, so I do think that my time um, with Cecil, with uh, military ministry, with the organization that I was part of for 20 years, the Navigators, I do think that really helped me because what happened during those years is I really had the opportunity to try to figure out what are the essentials, you know, what are the, hmm. what, what are the irreducible minimums of things like the gospel message? You know, what is it? Um, how can we break it down to its, its most basic components, um, discipleship and disciple making the church, you know, really learning those fundamentals, because when you go out, like you said, we've kind of used this example before about going West um, you know, when you go into new territory where those 
those aren't already established and known, those structures aren't already in place, you have to know what those fundamentals are if you're going to be building from scratch. Um, and so I do think um, part of what also helped me know that maybe this was, it was time for me to take that step is I did feel like I had, I had had the opportunity to really grow and learn under some some godly leaders and get some experience in a more established uh, field before just starting out um, and winging it, so to speak. Yeah. Andrew, what was your biggest fear though? Like when you sat out and like, like what was the thing, I guess you were the most worried about, you know, man, uh, I, I, I used to compare, um, I used to compare sharing God's message and making disciples to playing in an orchestra. And I think when, when you're part of a, a solid team, um, that's all on the same message, it's like you're one instrument and you're playing in a collection of, of performers, so to speak. And if you get something wrong, there's protection in that because there's other, there's other people that are there, uh, sounding the, the, the right tune, so to speak. And, um, I think my greatest fear in stepping out was that, I, I didn't know the message well enough that I, that I was going to hmm. play something that wasn't right and, um, and not really have that support and, and backup, so to speak. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I think I was, uh, <clears throat> I was nervous when he sat up, but, uh, I was convinced more than anything that God wanted us to do it. You know, that if nothing else, like we we're going on this journey, like I was going to be behind him. So, uh, I wasn't super enthusiastic about it. I wasn't that excited, but I was convinced that God wanted us to, you know, wanted me to move along with him. So uh, I think that was one of the parts of the journey that was really cool. So uh, Abby and Andrew, if you think of anything else, man, feel free to jump back in here. But Abby, you actually lived it like you lived it. And then you had to relive it, relive the whole experience, put it on paper for the world to see uh, and to share that with the world. And uh, in my opinion, I think you're one of one. Uh, you're one of my only friends that I know that has written a book. Like, uh, I mean, talking about pioneering. And I think that's really cool. But this was very personal. This was very private. Uh, so, yeah. How was it for you? When did you know? And like, what impact has you seen? Have you seen God uh, have on this whole journey? Um, man, I never thought of writing a book as being a pioneer. So that's interesting that you'd say that. Um, but you told me that that's what I was. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it works, right? <laughs> <as I laughs> but uh, I, to be honest with you, I just had to follow God's leading. Like, and God is really kind to me. And then he doesn't just tell me like the end results. Sometimes hmm. I wish he did. <laughs> but in this case, I'm really glad he didn't. Instead, he just told me to write it down. So um Maybe for those of you who aren't her listening and you don't know what I'm talking about, um, uh, we experienced a kind of a medical phenomenon with um, my second pregnancy. We were, uh, I had twins and uh, it was a very complicated pregnancy and we lost one of our daughters and then we had to like fight for the other daughter and it was very dramatic. Um, and I write all the time. So even just for myself, that's just, that's how I am. I'm just, that's, I'm like writing the story of this moment, like as I'm living it, like mm. I know how to write this story to make it better than real life. Um, so I, uh, 
I, God just told me to write it first. And it was really just therapy for me um, mm -hmm. after such a traumatic incident. Um, and I was really trying to be obedient to him asking me to do that because it was very hard to write. Um, and then as time went on, that's when God was like, and now you're going to write a book. Um, and I'll just go ahead and answer how I felt that question um, because I felt very afraid, um, mm -hmm. mostly of a failure. Uh, as my personal temperament goes, I like to like survey the scene and then really like fake it until I make it and seem as though maybe I'm a success at life. Um, this was like, I was going to put myself out there and like, it'd be very, very obvious that I had failed. <laughs> mm. Um, and so I was very afraid of failure. Um, so that was really what I had to overcome as I was finishing up my manuscript, like what I was going to do with it. So was I just going to hide it under the bed or was I going <laughs> to do what God told me to do? Um, and so I honestly, that was the, the big thing that I had to uh, kind of realize that I had put myself and my own, um, how I looked to the world uh, aside and just do what God told me to do. Yeah. And sometimes he's going to tell us to do things that there's no, um, there's no net under us at all. Um, and that's usually when he's going to get the most glory. So it's going to be awesome. Um, mm. But it's going to be really, really scary. <laughs> so, um, so I really just had to follow like each step that he gave me. I had to just be obedient in it. It sounds kind of simple, but as you probably know, it was not. Um, and so there was a lot of like fighting in my spirit and like questioning God. Um, and I'm very grateful that he uh, held my hand away. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not a fighter. <laughs> Abby, it sounds like um, just from what you shared and, and what I know about you, you know, when, when this idea or when this, this, it, when it was clear that, that you were to write a book, it wasn't necessarily out of left field, right? I mean, you, like you said, you are a writer, you enjoy mm -hmm. writing. That is, that's the yeah. way that you already um, sorted through what was going on in life. And so it wasn't completely unfamiliar. It was just um, at a whole new level. One, a very personal part of your life was going to be revealed. And then two, you're, you're stepping out and, and writing a book, which is a huge, huge undertaking. I mean, does that sound right though, that it wasn't, even though it was brand new, in terms of the the level, what you were going to be doing was something that was at least somewhat familiar. Right. Like, I guess I already was a writer to a certain mm -hmm. degree. And I, I think that's maybe similar to your story, too. You had already, you know, pioneered new ministries and places where maybe there wasn't a NAV ministry before. So you had already taken like certain steps. And I, I think that that's maybe one of the common threads that we have here that God has usually like already been training you. Um, right. And I, but I think that we are both, that's visible with hindsight, right? Like in the true, moment, it's more scary. I mean, maybe yeah. Andrew was probably totally cool with it. <laughs> I, I think, um, I think in hindsight, you can see how God has, you know, prepared you for something or trained you in something. Yeah. I've been blogging for years and years and putting, you know, stuff out. But um, so I, you know, knew to some level what I was getting into. But yeah, so that's a good observation, though, that I think is similar also with your story, too, that 
the Lord doesn't just drop you in water and be like, learn to swim. Right, like he's already right. been like helping you in the shallow end for a while. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Abby, real quick, I uh, cheated and looked at some of the reviews. You have like almost like 35 reviews on Amazon, all five stars. So I think it was a success. And my wife uh, definitely finished uh, the book and it actually brought actual tears to her. Uh, she, yeah, she got emotional because it was very heavy. Oh, and uh, our our co-host, Andrew, uh, everybody knows him really well. He had the feeling of tears when he read it. So, uh, yeah. So just to be clear, Abigail wrote a book called The Day Between. Day Between, yes. You can get it on Amazon. And yeah. uh, several years back when she had first published it, um, I got a copy and uh, I read it um, actually all in one sitting. It was on a cross-continental uh, flight. And so, uh, but yes, Abby, I had to stop. I mean, we, we, I've told you this, but I had to stop a couple times, just kind of put the book down because I was going to, I was going to have moisture. <laughs> moisture was going to happen and I could not allow that to happen. <laughs> Friends, I'm listening. Please know that's also very funny. I make lots of really great and appropriate yeah. jokes at like inappropriate times to just add levity to a hard situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, having Andrew full of feeling of tears is one of my life victories, and I feel very good about it. Um, yeah. So I, <laughs> that so, should be one of the like lines on the book cover. Gave Andrew the feeling of tears. <laughs> yeah, no, add it to the book. Well, I'll let you say that I think both you have been very successful. Uh, I've been grateful to be a part of that journey and along the ride with you guys because uh, you need lots and you need, you know, people to uh, ride the coattails of pioneers you know who aren't too uh no i'm just kidding but yeah i have been super encouraged by you All guys right. but i think we're gonna actually skip that last question and move on to our faith and uh culture section because we got a heavy topic and uh, i don't want to cheat the time uh that's necessary for covering this so uh we're gonna give our quick thoughts on ravi zacharias and um andrew because you recently wrote an article and had some in my opinion, very dynamic thoughts on it all. I think it'd be appropriate to start with you, man. So, yeah, we don't want to necessarily go in depth on exact all the details of the scandal that is that has been breaking over the past week or so uh, involving Ravi Zacharias and um, allegations of sexual misconduct, which um, have since been determined to be uh, true these allegations by an independent investigation that was commissioned by um, the international board of, of directors of his organization, RZIM. Um, so we don't want to necessarily, those, those details are available with very little uh, searching for those who may not be familiar with the situation, but we, um, we did want to address it. Um, this segment is faith and culture, and this is um this is a current issue that is, is happening in culture that involves faith. And it's certainly something that uh, believers around the world um, are grappling with over the past um, few weeks in particular, since the uh, investigation released its findings. And uh, yeah, I did, I did write a, uh, an article for our blog. You guys can check it out there on the website, endoftheharvest.org. Um, and it really has to do with the importance of looking at a scandal like this um, and and looking it in the eye, not not avoiding it, not trying to downplay it, yep. um, but seeing it for what it really is 
so that we can process it and then hopefully respond in a way that God would want us to in a way that that honors him. And that's that's what I tried to do in the article is not only uh, address the situation, but then offer uh, four biblical responses. So if folks listening haven't had a chance to check that out, I, I hope that they will. But we also wanted to uh, spend a few moments talking about it on today's show. Um, and I think we wanted to start off just by um, expressing how it made, I mean, how we felt hearing the news. Um, so Abigail, why don't we start with you when you first heard about this breaking news? Um, how did you feel? Um, well, I actually just saw the response from his, um, I guess his organization uh, put out an open letter. So that was my first like seeing anything hmm. about it. Um, and so I read that like all the way through and I'm, I think that there's also, you can go and read the report, but I did not do that. Um, cause I felt like it was enough. Uh, clearly An Andrew did though, because he added some more details in the article. So then when I was editing Andrew's article, I had to learn more. <laughs> so I guess to share how I felt is I didn't want to like know the details. Right. Um, I was incredibly saddened by it. Um, but I was also very sensitive, like just as a female um, and just thinking about these women, particularly, I was pretty sick about it. Um, and also my other real reaction here in which I'm still working through is um, is wanting to like cast some blame about. Hmm. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. Um, I was kind of like, OK, he is one dude who's like clearly has some sin issues, but he is like got a bunch of people around him. Right. Like that's what I kept thinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know the details. I don't know what, how his organization was run. And, you know, I don't know any of those things, but um, I then kind of had to be introspective um, myself and just think about how I react to my leaders um, and how I react to those who are like, in my actual um, on the ground leadership here in San Antonio. So my leaders here, how I react to Andrew, who is kind of my into the harvest boss, um, how I react to like big, like famous Christians, so to speak, like mm -hmm. in quotes um, that I see mm -hmm. on like Twitter and, you know, who have voice for the Christian community. Um, and how do I interact with them? Like, do I see them as a voice that I don't question and I don't, um, like make sure that they're following a biblical um, lifestyle as well as the words that come out of their mouths. So um, I I think to just give you a tiny bit of where I am currently, um, I think it's very much on the ground. It's the people that I spend the every day with. So the leaders in my local community are the ones that I have to protect the most. They're the ones who I want to protect their integrity and their struggle with sin the most. So if I see um, things that are confusing, like why do they own a massage parlor, for instance? Um, they don't. That's that's a Ravi reference, but um, th those are things that you know we as believers, unfortunately, probably want to just rush under the rug because of the great fruit that that leader is doing, and we want to like push aside because that would be a really uncomfortable conversation, or we want to not have that conversation because maybe we would look stupid because hmm. they're going to make us think that we're making it up. Hmm. Um, so all those things I've been working through and I have a lot of feelings, obviously, and I have no answers, <clears throat> but 
Um, I do think, Andrew, um, I was super thankful for your article and also was really thankful that you had to respond to the comments, um, <laughs> yeah, right. which you did really well. Um, That's true. But I also, people shared it from my Facebook and so I could see their Facebook pages and then the responses that they got. And I was really surprised by how many people were just like, we should not be talking about this. Like, right. Why are we talking about this? And yeah. that was really surprising to me. Hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I guess I would love you guys to maybe discuss that too, of like yeah. why that would be our response <clears throat> as believers to like, mm. even though this has come out and it's so huge and in our face and like, we can't deny it, that we would be like, how dare you bring this up? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is there an answer for that? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a good one. I, uh, I think I'll start with just, yeah, how it made me feel. I was a little bit behind the power curve. I think I was. Uh, slow to social media catching back up to it but uh, I think I thought of Jeremiah uh, 15 I mean 17 9 immediately how it talks about the is it 17 now I got my yeah I got my, okay cool cool the heart is desperately sick and wicked above all else who can understand it and uh, it just made me think about myself like the places that sin has led me and how consuming it still is how we still have this body of flesh and uh, it made me really thankful for um, friends and and men in my life to to speak to me and walk with me through those things. Because uh, at some point you are going to fall down, you know, and uh, you are going to have to face that dragon. Uh, but I think it's how you respond that really matters. So um, uh, currently we're going through this book uh, by Ted Roberts called Pure Desire. And uh, there's a workbook involved and everything. And in my opinion, just from what I've been learning, I think that most like 95 percent of men uh, should go through it just because of our exposure with uh uh, yeah, sexual experiences early on and the world we live in. Uh, but so it's been very, very helpful. So I was, uh, of course, saddened by the news. Um, yeah, because it's like, man, this guy has such a huge impact. But lastly, I was hopeful because he had passed already. And like, he's in the hands of God and God knows exactly what to do, how to handle it, like what his last moments was like, uh, what, what his future holds. And uh, that's hopeful for me. So we don't I don't have to uh, focus as much on that. But like you said, Abby, the people that are on the ground that have questions and we did take a hit of our faith. Like I would say that we took a hit, but it makes it relevant. Like we can talk about it. We got a great starting point. So uh, those are my quick thoughts. How I felt about it. I think the first thing was just real disappointment um, and um maybe shock uh, i don't know shock maybe too strong of a word yeah, but no um, yeah. you know part of what made it so unsettling is that you know robbie is one of the has been one of the most articulate um speakers on christian faith and yeah. defending the faith and explaining it in very practical powerful language and so, so you kind of know, like, hey, this guy had the answers. Like, he knew hmm. the information. Um, so he he wasn't acting in ignorance by any stretch. And then the other thing is that he was, you know, he had such longevity. I think that's the other thing. It wasn't like this guy. He wasn't like a um, someone who rocketed to to prominence yeah. over the past few years, and then then you found out that there was something going on. You know, this was someone who was in the public eye for years decades. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing is uh, disappointment and shock. And then um, I, I don't know if anger is the right word, but um, I would say 
that I, <laughs> I I've seen some of the people responding a little more um, and giving Ravi, I think, a little bit more um, uh, gentleness than than what I would feel. I, I I've kind of feel like this this is someone who yeah. um, was willing to do some really um, really damaging things to people over an extended period of time and took great care to um, set it up so that he could continue doing that. Hmm. So it hmm. was not, um, it was not something that was just a moment of weakness. Um, so, so yeah, That's a good point, you know, Abby, yeah. you know, maybe kind of shifting quickly, um, to why do we not want to talk about it as believers? I think there's a few reasons that come to my mind and you guys can, can jump in on, on this, but one is that it's just shameful. It's it's something that we don't want to talk about. We don't like it's ugly, mm-hmm. and we don't like to to look at things that are unpleasant. But um, Ephesians um, five tells us that even though it's it's shameful to talk about the the deeds done in darkness, um, we're called to expose them. Yeah. And so, of course, um, there's there's a huge part of me that would that would like to just move on and not really talk about or think about um, this situation. But I, I don't think that that's biblical. I, I, I think the, um, the, the rush to, to move on um, isn't one that comes from, from God. That, that's my own take is that we really should take the time to, to look at what happened uh, and learn from it and process it. Yeah. So that we can respond to it. And then, um, so I think that's one reason is it's just, it's shameful. It's, it's unpleasant. Um, and then I think there's a second reason that people would say is that, well, Hey, this obviously already reflects poorly on Jesus and, and on the church. So by talking about it, you're simply, um, you're just spreading it even more. Like you're, you're making more people think poorly of Jesus and the church. Um, but again, I don't think that that's a good reason not to uh, think about it. Yeah, I think that's sort of a, a fear-based um, a response, which I don't think we need to to fear. Yeah. Um, but what do you guys think as far as why people don't want to talk about it? Yeah, I think initially for me, just it's depressing. You know, like it reminds me of when we. It's way more severe, but when we heard when I first heard about Rhett and Link, it was very like, oh man, it just almost crushes your soul. But I uh, I agree with you, Andrew, totally. I don't like to run from it, like. I uh, I think conflict to a certain degree is necessary and it's it's healthy because this can be a, a reason to point to Jesus like this can be uh, uh we can we can leverage this so it's not pleasant like it might look a little messy but um I do like that we are uh, talking about it and engaging folks about it and uh, Andrew I do agree with what you're saying about the Bible uh, the Bible does warn us that not many of us should become teachers because we're going to be judged a lot more harshly and that's terrifying but it's true you know it's in there so. Yeah, I agree. And I love what you said, Keith, um, that, you know, this is an opportunity for us to leverage the gospel because um, really under a microscope, the church is not a pretty picture. Um, just all through history, we have just done some real stuff yeah. in the name of Jesus. Um, and I think that that's okay for us to talk about and to bring up and even put under a microscope. We should to some extent, really um, invite that because it just points to us being a bunch of sinners and our great, great need for Jesus. And 
I think we should invite those conversations, even though they're really uncomfortable. Um, I think a lot of people probably um, just felt a reaction of just, you know, we live in like a cancel culture. And so maybe they didn't know much about it. And so mm-hmm. they just wanted to like react um, quickly of, you know, True. protecting our own, so to speak. And like, let's take care of this internally, so to speak. But um, but I really think that in, in instances like this, we have an, an opportunity and an obligation to pull back the curtain. Like we are messy. Um, messy things are going to happen in the body of Christ. And whether you're a mega church or like a house church, you're going to have messiness happen in your body because it's made up of sinners. Um, so I think, um, it's just really crucial for us to push back against that and use that opportunity to, to share the gospel again for ourselves, for others, for those that haven't heard it yet. Um, this is, it's not a great time, but once again, time for us to lament. God told me that early this year, and I wish it hadn't have been so true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's. Yeah, I would I would encourage people to to take take a hard look at um, what what we can learn through this. Like like you're saying, Abigail, that that there are, you know, the willingness to to apply the gospel to the reality of life. Um, is, is where all of the, of all of, you know, all of the, the gain, I guess, um, the benefit of, of the gospel shows itself. It doesn't show itself in, in theoretical arenas, you know, the the gospel really demonstrates its, its power in the reality of life. And that, that involves oftentimes a lot of uh, pain and ugliness, and then you bring the gospel to bear on that. But, but even things like, you know, how we think about sin and how we think about our leaders, yeah. um, how we think about uh, accountability and transparency, our own um, ability to be deceived and, <laughs> and misled. You know, if we don't, if we don't look at um, a failure like we see here with with Robbie, then you you lose all of that benefit. You, you lose the opportunity to really glean from um, this difficulty what what God would have you learn and take away from it. Um, so I, I hope people will um, take the time to to think think things through, and I, I hope that this short conversation and the uh, the article over at the website can help people do that. Yeah. yeah, read that, you guys. It's really Please. good. Please, it's really good. Well, if you hung in with us that whole time, guys, we appreciate you so much. We don't always want to go this long, but it happens. And this was some good stuff. Like we had some good topics going on. So if you hung in there, please give yourself a pat on the back. But we need your help over on our YouTube page. Uh, that's one thing we notice about pioneers is they they need backup. They need support. You know, we are at like 300 uh, subscribers. I think it would be awesome to get to 500. So if you could like and you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and share that with somebody else on your social media platform or on YouTube, write a comment, like the video, whatever it takes, because uh, we want to keep moving forward. So thank you so much for joining us, guys. We will see you next in a couple weeks, a couple weeks. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends, or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. 
Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible. 